1: Pardon the interruption, but I'm Mike Wilbon. We're up for an Emmy tonight. Isn't it just an honor to be nominated?
2: Tony Kornheiser, yeah, if you're a loser. We've got three Emmys. I got three in different bathrooms holding rolls of toilet paper, and I got four bathrooms in my house. So I need another one to complete the full set. How about you?
1: Well, yeah, I got something I believe in my house called a
2: mantle. It's not going in the mantle. I can tell you that. Not Mickey either. Mantle. Mantle is a show-off thing. People come to your house and you're showing off. That's right. That's right. That's That's a show-off. Welcome to PTI, boys and girls. In today's episode, the Lakers are in a tough spot. Carmelo Anthony officially retires and Brooks Capitol wins the PJ Championship. But we begin today with the Celtics losing again last night to the Heat. This one was in Miami and this one was a route. The Celtics trailed by 30 points after three quarters. Boston is now down 3-0 in games. Wilbon, are you more interested in the Heat's success or the Celtics' collapse? Tony, I guess in the short
1: term, just we're still 24 hours less than that out from the Celtics' collapse. And I guess... Maybe I'm more fascinated with that. I woke up and I thought one thing, and I'm thinking, wow, the heat, and they get all these undrafted players, and they have non-stars except for Jimmy Butler, and to some ex- point, you know, Kyle Lowry, who's, you know, wearing a championship ring, and Bam Adebayo, who's been good for a long time. But I got time for them because they're going to be around. They're going to be in something called the NBA Finals. What I'm more interested in right now in the short term is the Celtic collapse, a complete And utter collapse. And, you know, there's lots of talk about, well, who's to blame? A lot of people, the stars, the coach. I don't know that I really want to put any on the front office except maybe if they selected the wrong coach in the short term because of what happened with Ime Odoka, you know, over the summer and losing a coach in which you thought, okay, this is going to be their guy and he can't be. Wow. I mean, there's just so much. Last night, Joe Mazzulla said, There's a disconnect. He admitted when asked under a lot of questioning. Yeah, there's a disconnect. And when asked, what is it? He said, I don't know. There is. I mean, there's a big disconnect between him and his players, Tony. And there could be a lot bigger things coming for the Celtics because I don't see them winning. They look like they – well, for Magic Johnson to say – and Magic, the only organization Magic respects more than the Celtics are his Lakers. For him to say they quit – I. I believe Magic 100%, and I talk to other players in real time, Hall of Famers, who believe they quit too. That's, wow, that's a story.
2: Yeah, I mean, I always look at these questions from the eyes of somebody who writes a sports column, and the immediate sports column is the Celtics. There is no question about that. Many people have said what you are saying, that, you know, the coach is to blame here, and it's possible that's true. It's possible that, you know, this is too big a stage For him, he's in his first year, but it didn't look that way in the regular season at all. And I I think back to, you know, Philadelphia blaming Doc Rivers when they lost to Boston. And many people, including you, defended Doc Rivers. And what people said was, well, James Harden quit. And Joel Embiid, it seems obvious to me, uh, is not great when the light is bright so far. So I'm trying to think about this in terms of the Celtics. And to me, Mike, it's possible that the way they beat Philadelphia by winning Game 6 and Game 7 just took everything out of them. Maybe they wanted to beat Philadelphia more than any other team in the playoff because of that proximity and that rivalry. Maybe they don't think of Miami in quite the same way. And maybe 51 points for Jason Tatum was all he had because he hasn't been good in this series. And Jalen Brown, two for 20 from three. So I'm, I'm trying to say that maybe the coaching thing is a little bit overstated and it falls on players more than coaches. We move now to the Lakers, who are themselves down 3-0. They played tonight against Denver, a team that honestly has looked decisively better in this series. Wilbon, you're physically in Los Angeles. Do you expect the Lakers to win tonight and stay alive in this series? You no, know, Tony, I don't.
1: Because I think you get to a point in a series where both teams know who the better team is. And that's when that series ends. And I think we're at that point. We were not at that point coming into game three because the Lakers hadn't lost at home. No team had that's lost right. at home. But we got there, and Tony, I'm looking at this, and yes, Jamal Murray had a great first half, and players like the Joker didn't even, wasn't even at the game until the fourth quarter. It is not like Denver played so well in game three here in Los Angeles that you look at this and say, oh, the Lakers have got so much room here and they can blitz them at least one game and take this back. to no, 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 I don't see that. Here's something else, Tony, historically. And so many of these historical things, I, you know, the Lakers have been down 3-0 eight times in franchise history. They've been swept all eight times.
2: Let me just say this, that the record of teams that are down 3-0 historically is 0-149. That's not a small sample size. I want to go larger picture here for a second. It's possible these two series are over by tomorrow night. Yeah. It's possible teams get swept. The NBA Finals is not allegedly going to start until June 1st. That would be June nine I'm... days away. That's bad business. It's bad business for the NBA. It's bad business for ABC and ESPN because you have teams in there— in Denver and Miami that will attract hardcore basketball fans, but not casual fans in the way that the Lakers and the Celtics would. So if I run the league, I go to ESPN and I say, let's move this up. Let's start early. Let's be flexible. I Uh, I don't know. Uh, uh, Just be flexible. If you wait nine days, your audience is non-existent and it's bad business. They shouldn't do it. They shouldn't do it if there's sweeps. Let's move to golf.
1: Where Brooks Kepka won this weekend's PGA Championship at Oak Hill. Kepka beat Victor Hovland and Scotty Scheffler by two strokes for his third PGA trophy and fifth major overall. Tony, where does this place Kepka among today's top players and what does it mean for him historically?
2: So he's got 5 That's more than anybody on tour who's under the age of 50 or who is 47 and just had an operation and is unlikely to ever play again. We're talking about Phil and Tiger. He's ahead of everybody else in his relative age peer group, and he won this tournament. I understand that the tournament was lost on Saturday when Corey Connors and on Sunday when Victor Hovland in the same bunker at 16 hit into the grass face and had to take doubles. But Kepka never relinquished the lead on Sunday, was commanding on Sunday, earned the tournament on Sunday. I mean, this is not the performance of Augusta, where he failed. He went out and he won. Mike, he's just 33 years old, so maybe he can win some more. He's one of 20 people all time to have five majors or more, and it's very odd in this respect, Mike. He only has four regular weekly tournament wins. He's got more majors than anything yeah. else, and he's got four seconds in majors. What that says to me is that he is at his best when the lights are the brightest. And in that regard, he is golf's answer to me to Jimmy Butler. That's who I liken him to. Interesting comparison, Tony. And and it seems like
1: he admits this. He cares more about that. He says he choked at Augusta. He says that. Yeah. But it's interesting yep. the list that you mentioned about today's peers. So he's got five. Rory's got four. Spieth has three. Morikawa, Rom, Justin Thomas, Dustin Johnson have two. I hope I'm not forgetting anybody. Scheffler, who's just getting started, has one and seems to be a threat at every major. So he seems yes. like he's going to pop up in there. Tony, it, it, it puts him in a place where and, and only 20 people have five or more. He's in an all-timer situation already, and you mentioned the age yes. of 33. And what I like about this particularly, because I'm tired of the storyline, is it puts on the back burner the live. The guys go to live and they can't play. Shut up. Just shut up well, with that.
2: I'm going to tell That's you this. That's done. I, here's, here's where you and I disagree on this, because I think this is a very important victory in the history of golf. I will tell you the most important football game ever played, not the best, not the most memorable, the most important football game ever played was when the Jets won Super Bowl III because it validated the merger. It told people that the AFL and the NFL, they're equal. And from that point on, the NFL took off like a rocket ship. What this victory does, the victory by Brooks Kepka, is it says to golf, you got to let everybody in. Anybody on the sortie tour, you got to let them in all the majors. you got to let them into the they're PGA. All, they're all uh, in already. Into, I know, and the Ryder in. Cup, rather. No, okay. but you got to, in continuum, you have to okay. do this. You may hate the sortie tour. You may hate the money. You may not want to watch it on TV. You cannot shut these guys out. You cannot. They, yeah, they gotta be there. This guy's They're winning. legit. They, they gotta be there. <laughs> this guy's All right, winning. let's get us out of here. Give me some prompter here, and I'll get us out. Let's take a break. Coming up, have the Panthers and Golden Knights be built insurmountable leads in their Stanley Cup series? Yeah, like Miami and Denver. And a few thoughts on the career of Carmelo Anthony. You like the analogy to Jimmy Butler, right? Because he's a playoff, yeah. big-time playoff yeah, Kepka player.
3: doesn't more seem sul-
1: to really be jazzed by what he happens. He You know,
3: he does Warm up with the hottest games live with Vivid Seats. No matter the sport, Vivid Seats wants to get you to the games you love. Plus, with Vivid Seats rewards, you can score free tickets, surprise seat upgrades, an annual birthday discount, and more. They're the only ticket company in the game that rewards fans for every purchase. As the official ticketing partner of ESPN, Vivid Seats is offering you $20 off your first $200 ticket purchase with a code PTI. That's code PTI. Visit vividseats.com or download the app today. Vivid Seats. Experience it live. Ten seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships. Your skills. Your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify? (laughs) Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business.
2: Mail time when we find out what's on the minds of the Minions. Let me see what's first. Mail time. Here we go. Whose 2-0 series lead feels more formidable, the Panthers or the Golden Knights?
1: Well, Tony, the Panthers, for the same reason that the Celtics, you know, 2-0 deficit, so, so Miami's 2-0 lead feels and felt more formidable because you win on the road. When you start going up 2-0 on the road, you haven't even played at home yet. And I know all these games, all these games in in the conference final round have been decided in overtime, and they've been thrillers. But, I mean, Florida's on a roll anyway. They've won something like nine out of ten games in these playoffs. They've been fabulous. And when you win two on a road like that, they got to feel pretty invincible. Um, I know it comes a year after they were the president's trophy team, but it seems like it's coming at the right time for them.
2: It's definitely Florida. Vegas is a number one seed. Florida is an eight seed. They don't have a nine seed. They are, in fact, nine and one in their last 10 playoff games. Their best run during the regular season in a 10-game package is seven, two, and one. They've taken out Boston, the number one greatest regular season of all time. They've taken out Toronto everybody's darling Toronto they're in the process of taking out Carolina which is a two seat I think they had the second most points in the entire NHL I mean I mean what they're doing is amazing Mike they're six and zero in overtime games yeah the overtime it, 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 it's Florida that's involved it's in Florida. that too. Oh. I, I, it, to me you look at this All credit to Vegas. And by the way, as you say, they're all overtime games. So it's hard to separate the teams from each other. But what Florida has done over the course of the playoffs is remarkable. And they've got Matthew to Chuck,
1: who's just uh, a wonder, and particularly what he's done in
2: overtime specifically and just great overall. Carmelo Anthony announced his retirement from the NBA after 19 seasons. How will you remember his career? Well, Tony, Carmelo Anthony is way up on the in
1: the ladder of, of all-time scorers in the NBA. And a Denver franchise, which hadn't made the playoffs in eight or nine years when he got there, he made them relevant again. He was a terrific Olympic player, terrific. You know, he was pretty good for the Knicks, who haven't been worth a damn in a long time until now. And Carmelo Anthony played in some places and without Truly great players. He and Chauncey Billups had a nice little partnership in Denver. And he was the rookie of the year when guys like you wanted to force the narrative and give LeBron James a lifetime achievement award. I voted for Carmelo Anthony, who was a rookie, got his team to the playoffs in the much tougher Western Conference while LeBron sat out the playoffs for the first two years. Carmelo Anthony did not sit out. I know he didn't win. I get that. But he was a terrific player and a pro. And um, you know it's 19 years, man. That's a long time to be of service in any professional sport. Hall of Famer Carmelo Anthony.
2: Yeah, I remember when you picked him over LeBron for Rookie of I the did. Year. I did. Gladly. Thought, I thought it was we'll insane do it again. then. I think it's even more we'll insane now. Do it again. Yeah. Um, what I remember I most, guts. first and foremost, about Carmelo Anthony is as a freshman taking Syracuse to the NCAA Ooh, yeah. title. That's right. I think he was a very fine pro, perhaps a little bit overrated because he never got to the finals. Got to one conference final, I believe, in Denver and none in New York. But I will say this as a native New Yorker. I will also remember the incredible excitement around Madison Square Garden when the Knicks traded for him. He put his picture up all over the city. And they did this wonderful thing with the the letters NY at the end of Anthony. They circled them and put them in blue and orange, which are the Knicks colors. And I always thought that that was a terrific thing. I should point out that one of the draft picks that Denver got for Carmelo turned out to be Jamal Murray, who may well win the title that Carmelo could never win. Enough email. Let's take one last break, but still to come, Bob Baffert gets back to the winner's circle at the Preakness. And did Brianna Stewart or
1: Brittany Griner have the more outstanding performance during the WNBA's opening weekend? Carmelo won at Syracuse. It's the Basketball Hall of Fame, boys and girls. It all counts. Carmelo won a championship
2: as a freshman in college. There is no chance that he's not in the Hall of Fame. No, there's no chance. Great Olympic player. Hall of Fame.
3: With everyone fighting for attention, how can your business stand out and connect with customers? Easy. Get Constant Contact. Constant Contacts writing assistance tools and automation features help you say the right thing at the right time, every time. Plus, you can send with confidence, knowing your emails are actually reaching your customers thanks to Constant Contacts' best-in-class 97% deliverability rate. Tackle any challenge with Constant Contacts' expert live customer support. Plus, everything's backed by their 30-day money-back guarantee. So get going and start growing your business today with a free trial at ConstantContact.com. Just go to ConstantContact.com right now. Constant Contact. Helping the small stand tall. ConstantContact.com.
0: ESPN Tournament Challenge is here. And guess what? I'm doing my bracket right now. Making picks. Predicting upsets. Winning my bracket group. And leaving my old life as a part-time voice actor behind. Hey, you never know. And if I can do it while recording this awesome commercial, You can too. Anyone can bracket. Download the ESPN Tournament Challenge app to play the number one bracket game. Presented by Capital One.
2: Happy time, people. Happy 21st birthday, Anthony Richardson. The recent Florida quarterback was the talk of the combine. Richardson showed freakish athletic abilities, jumped way up on draft boards. He was the third quarterback taken behind Bryce Young and C.J. Stroud and the fourth overall pick. Richardson is now an Indianapolis Colt, and the organization is hoping he can stop the recent trend of one-and-done veteran quarterbacks like Phillip Rivers, Carson Wentz, and Matt Ryan, who either retired, were traded, or released in the last three years. Richardson's upside is how fast and strong he is. His downside is his rather mediocre numbers at Florida last year, 53.8 completion percentage, 17 touchdowns, nine interceptions.
1: Oh, I can think of a lot of quarterbacks who would take 17 and nine. You know, almost a two-to-one ratio. I, I do, Tony. Look, he's got some improving to do, but that's what I hire these coaches to pay him all this money now. Player development. Let's go now.
2: Happy anniversary, Larry Bird and Dominique Wilkins. On this day 35 years ago, these two Hall of Fame-bound players locked up in an epic Game 7 of the Eastern Conference semifinals. Wilkins could never, ever get the best of Bird, but he sure tried. Wilkins made 19 of 33 shots. He scored 47 points, but Bird saved it all for the fourth quarter, the money quarter. Bird made nine of 10 shots in the fourth, scored 20 of his 34 points when they counted the most. Of course, the greatest rival to Bird was Magic Johnson. Magic was the main course, Wilkins the appetizer. Wilkins is proof that if you don't get to the finals, your brilliance is easy to stick in a corner.
1: Tony, you know, you can make some comparisons between Carmelo Anthony and Dominique Wilkins. They're both way up, I believe, ninth and 15th respectively with Carmelo having passed Dominique. Great, great, great players, even though, as you mentioned, neither got to the finals. You pay your money down and go watch either one of them. I
2: I, I know I would, and I'm betting you would and did. I did. A melancholy trails to Jim Brown. The first sentence in any review of Jim Brown's life says he was the greatest running back of all time and arguably, and I would argue for it, the greatest football player of all time. The second sentence says that Brown left football football while still in his prime to become a Hollywood actor. The third sentence talks about Brown's outspoken commitment to civil rights for all, his ceaseless work on behalf of equality, and his efforts to get gangs to stop shooting and killing each other. And the fourth sentence talks about the accusations that Brown was physically violent towards women and how this tarnished his reputation and legacy. Brown led a complicated life. There is no smooth path here. Tony, I want to
1: zero in for a second on the part about concentrating on gangs and members and getting them to stop shooting and killing each other. In the aftermath of Rodney King and the riots here in Los Angeles, where I sit now, when the city was burning, Jim Brown summoned to his home in Hollywood, right above the Hollywood sign, members of the Crips and Bloods. And as a reporter for The Washington Post... I called and and talked to Jim Brown, and he invited me to this house to the meeting. And Ted Koppel and Nightline, among others, were there. And I went to this thinking, well, there's got to be some armed security there because you got Crips and Bloods, active members of these notorious gangs, and they're coming together on what might happen. Here's what happened. Jim Brown said to them, lay your arms down. You're not bringing them in my house. And he had the kind of authority and just a presence and the aura that they did. They laid them down. And from his house, from the balcony of his house, from the patio, you could see spots where L.A. was still burning. But at his house that night, there was no incident of anything except Jim Brown saying, we've got to stop this. And so I remember just the end of his playing career, but so much of a mayor I can and Jim Brown being an activist, and I have been in awe
2: and feel blessed, blessed to have gotten to know him a little bit. Growing up on Long Island, I read about him when I was very young. He was the greatest athlete ever, the greatest lacrosse player of all time, as well as the greatest football player. Yeah. And the, the word that I would use more than anything else is power. I, I mean, power. he's somebody yep. you would Good say word. sir to, and I know you did. Let's go to the big finish. The Orioles swept the Blue Jays. Safe to believe? No, I know they got the second-best record in
1: baseball, just a couple games behind the Rays, but it's way too early for that for me. Justin Verlander, Max Scherzer allowed one run over 14 of a doubleheader.
2: Mets sweep the Guardians. Is that significant? Well, they've won seven of their last 10, and those two guys can carry a team. They're all of famous. Christopher Morello, the Cubs has eight home runs in 11 games since being called up. Is that a big deal, Mr. Cub? It's great we got a few mashers now, but it's also very Cub-like
1: in that we can't win a game after a good start. Bob Baffert's national treasure won the Preakness.
2: You surprised at that? A little bit because Mage was the heavy favorite. Look, I know that Baffert is the lightning rod for, for that sport. Everything bad that happens gets blamed on Baffert. He's the best trainer ever. I think it's good when he wins triple crown races. Last one, WNBA started this weekend. What's the highlight? I know Brittany Griner had
1: a 27-10 game. It was just incredible to see her back on the court here. But Brianna Stewart had 45-3 and three quarters. So if we're going by performance, it might take Stewie.
2: We're out of time, we'll try and do better the next time. Alan Bubis, shout out hole in one at Grove 23. I'm Mike Wilbon, same time tomorrow, Knuckleheads.
1: Check out NBA Countdown tonight at 7.30 Eastern. And now,
2: your SportsCenter. They're gonna put his name on the flag. That's Shit. cool.
3: 10 seconds on the clock. How many things can you name that are always growing? Your relationships, your skills, your customer base. How about businesses on Shopify?